Star Wars 7x7, episode 898. Today, an update on Rogue One box office and Cassian Andor's Han shot first moment. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host Alan Voivod, and before we get into the casting and or thing, I want to update you on Rogue One box office stuff. We're checking this just as we did with The Force Awakens last year, and so far things are going rather well for Rogue One. $71 million, and that is Thursday and Friday combined. We don't have Saturday numbers available yet as of the recording of this podcast. That breaks out into $29 million and $42 million on Thursday and Friday, respectively. This makes it for a Friday. This is weird how the movie industry reports these things. But that $71 million is the 12th biggest day all time. It beat out The Hunger Games Catching Fire, but it falls short of 11th place, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. Oh, brother. Somehow it couldn't knock Twilight Breaking Dawn out of that spot. Ugh, that's a little frustrating, but eh, what are you going to do? Now, in case you're looking for the comparative, as opposed to the $71 million that Rogue One made, The Force Awakens made its record-breaking $119.1 million on the Thursday and Friday combined. So, yeah, as Bob Iger said, it's not going to do Force Awakens numbers, but it's not doing badly either. So considering the way the box office is rolling so far and the way the reviews are coming in, it looks like we have a successful test case and that we have more standalone Star Wars stories to come. Anecdotally, though, it hasn't been that way. And I don't mean that in terms of the reviews and the feedback and that sort of thing. That has been positive. But I was in a packed theater on Thursday and as I was coming out of the theater, there was a line for the next showing that was significant, so it looked like it was going to be a packed theater for a late Thursday night showing. But Friday afternoon, yeah, not very many people in the theater at all. Friday evening, I was at a place that has picnic-style and stadium-style seating where they will actually feed you while you eat. So Quizmaster Joe got himself some steak tips, and Scorekeeper Declan had a grilled cheese, and I had a buffalo chicken wrap, and we got to watch... Rogue One once again, or it was the first time for the boys and my third time. And that theater, also on a Friday night, not packed. In fact, the picnic-style tables, barely anybody was at them. The stadium seating ones were mostly filled. But, yeah, on the ground, it hasn't looked the same as I would have expected it to look based on the numbers that are being reported. So the big question is, how well is this going to do in its second week and its third week? And is it going to justify... The idea that they can do a pure standalone movie where, as Kathleen Kennedy put it, it's a beginning and a middle and an end and there is no sequel. There is no Rogue One Part 2. Of course, we all know the sequel to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. Now, it occurred to me that I don't think I gave you a spoiler warning at the top of the podcast here. So let me do that right now. We are in full spoiler territory here on the podcast. So if you have not seen the movie yet and don't want it spoiled for you, then please do save this podcast for a later date. And on the off chance that you might be one of the people listening at home or on the road or in the gym who is trying to desperately get your phone or your iPod out 
and scramble to skip pause and save this episode for later. All right, I think we've given you enough time to take care of that. So for everybody who is in the spoiler zone with me, then let's jump right in. And let's talk about Cassian Andor and his Han shot first moment. So he has the face of a friend and not that of a killer, according to the exchange between Chirrut and Baze. And yet he does have a darkness that creeps around him that Chiridimwe can sense through the Force. Especially when he's walking around with the immediate intent of killing someone. So we know he's not a traditional good guy. He's a uh, conflicted good guy. He is a compromised good guy, as it were. He's an anti-hero of sorts. Although he hasn't been portrayed that way leading up to Rogue One. And I think that's where one of the bits of mm, confusion, of questions that arise as far as the plot and the story go, where some of that comes from. Because in the trailers, he's pitched as a much more helpful and understanding person. Much more collaborative. He's the, if you're really doing this, I want to help, we want to help. And, of course, that line is gone from Rogue One. So, yeah, not caring so much. The idea of him recruiting for the Rebellion, that has been removed from the actual movie, although it was in the trailer. So, that business, you know, he's not a public relations person. He's not necessarily trying to bring people into the Rebellion. He is doing something else entirely in the actual final cut of the movie. So when you walk in the theater with this idea of him as a collaborative, team-building person, it's very jarring to have him kill his informant right away in the first scenes that you see in the movie. And he does it like a cold-blooded killer. Just, you know, pulls the guy to him and says, it's okay, everything's going to be okay, and then blasts him in the back. I've been trying to make sense of this one, and the only thing that comes up for me is the fact that the guy had a useless arm that would not allow him to climb his way out of that alley meant that he was going to be captured by the Imperials and there was a good chance that he was going to talk and give up Cassian and give up the pilot that needed to be found and all this stuff and so Cassian was shooting the guy to try and protect the secret and get the heck out of Dodge. So there is some story logic there I guess you would say but the idea of Cassian killing one of his informants yeah, maybe that's not going to be discovered, but maybe it is the fact that, oh, geez, you know, don't talk to Cassian because he doesn't mind just shooting you in the back. You would think Cassian's spy network would not last very long if word got out that that is how he treated his informants. But just taking the movie as it's presented and throwing away all the trailers and teasers and commercials and all that stuff... We are presented with Diego Luna as being basically a Han Solo character in the movie. And he is not only shooting first, but he's not even shooting people to their face, you know? He's shooting them in the back. Cowardly? Maybe. Strategic? Sure, in the short term, I guess. We don't know what kind of long-term effect it could have on his intelligence network, which, of course, is kind of funny to think about because, yeah, he doesn't have much of a long-term intelligence network according to the events of the film. But, yeah, I don't see them doing a special edition version of Rogue One where Cassian pushes the guy away and turns him around and pulls his blaster and says, all right, I'm going to give you one chance to try and draw on me or something like that. And the funniest thing of all about this is that Lucas has seen the movie and likes it, so the type of scene that Lucas put in and then undid was part of a movie that he actually likes better than the other movie that was made without him by Disney, The Force Awakens. So go figure on that one. 
All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get back to our trivia test in ways after the break, so stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. Welcome back. I've got your trivia question here for you. I'm not used to people sticking around when things go bad. Well, that's not a very nice thing to say about the trivia segment. Good grief. Last time I asked you what happened to the belly cannon on the Millennium Falcon when the TIE fighter shot it on Jakku, and that was that it got locked in the forward position. Today's question... Ray was desperately reaching across the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon to activate something while she was trying to fly the ship on Jakku. What was she trying to activate? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before your head gets stuck on a battle droid body, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7X7. It's not a series of bad puns, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it!